Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there. How you doing? Oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's August 16th, and our 20-year misadventure in Afghanistan is has come to an end, as I suspect have the lives of countless people in Afghanistan who tried to help us and who we've abandoned in their hour of most need. Um, speaking of that, um, I just came upon, and I want to share this with you, here in Pittsburgh at the uh, University of Pittsburgh, um, the Center for Governance and Markets, which is at CGM Pitt, uh, is putting together some kind of a helpline connecting uh, people still stuck in Afghanistan with, uh, uh, with Americans who can supposedly help them. I don't know how. It uh, the email they've put out is friends in Afghanistan. We at CGM Pitt will help you connect with organizations you worked for in the United States to help you apply for the P2 program, which is a refugee admissions program. But my guys, I just seems like it's a bit late. And then I look at some of the responses to this to this tweet and they're asking for people to send their names and the organization they work for their dates of employment and all of that. And then you get people writing from Afghanistan, please, please help me. How can I apply? Please help me. Um, Saying that uh, they're, the internet is very slow. They don't know how long, how much longer they'll have any connections. Uh, please, please help my brother. His life is in danger. And on and on and on. I mean, it is just it. I guys have to admit that um, you know I didn't get home uh, from my visit to my my. Uh, mother's birthday until uh, late last night. And I have not watched any of the news in part because I don't think I can bear to. I've seen still photos. I've seen a few videos of those desperate men jumping on airplanes that are taxiing uh, falling from these airplanes. Uh, I, uh, it's a, it's a horrific, uh, situation. And, um, I, you know, it's on us Americans. We're always so eager, so willing (laughs) To think that our mighty military can transform 
nations, people's minds. I mean, this this hubristic thought that we're so exceptional and everyone, of course, wants to be like us. When will we get it through our head that trying to overlay our experience, our ideals, which stem from our culture? How do we, why do we think we can go into another country that has a totally different history and culture and give them, give them, yeah, this gift that we feel we have? I don't know what's worse, our naivete or our Again, our extraordinary arrogance. Uh, And the blame game, it makes me so furious. You want blame? There is blame, first of all, blame to go around. And as I said, each one of us bears some. We're Americans. This is a country that elects its own leadership Media that always loved banging the war drums always bear responsibility. Republicans bear responsibility. Democrats bear responsibility. All of them. All of them. All of us. And if we don't learn, then we are, I guess, a hopeless case. A hopeless case. I said last week, when's the last war we won? I admitted maybe I can't remember what we called that war, the little teeny war in between the big Afghan invasion and Iraqi invasion, but the one that H.W. Bush did just to push Saddam Hussein and the Iraqis out of Yemen. That was a quick operation. It worked, minimal loss of life. Once that had been done, that was the mission. We left. I said I refuse to count Ronald Reagan's so-called war in Grenada, <laughs> which was uh, some absurd kind of American flexing their, flexing their muscles photo op. Korea? Did we win Korea? The best you could call Korea is a draw. So we haven't won a war a big war in so long. Why don't we just stop? It's humiliating. Something's clearly wrong with our military establishment, its mindset or the the civilian oversight of it. We know it gets way too much of our budget 
think of the money, not that when there's so many lives at risk here, I hate thinking of money, but think of the money we have totally wasted. We were building a country. We were giving Afghanistan democracy. What do we have to show for it? What do we have to show with the hundreds of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars that we could so sorely have used here. It's your tax dollars. You paid in. Anyone following the last 20 years could see that this was not going to end well. Could see it. This was like an attempt at some kind of a a transplant or a graft that could not work. It was clear it would be ultimately rejected. This is a tribal society for foreigners trying to come in and set up a national government. Again, the height of hubris. We just kept sending more, more Americans, many of whom died, were maimed emotionally, physically. Just a colossal, mucked up, ignorant, arrogant disaster. And just because the end game comes on Joe Biden's watch does not mean it's his fault. Oh, he contributed. He was vice president during Obama's administration. But I'll give him this. Boy, he got a, you know, that sweet, kind, gentle man just decided we're ending this thing. And I you know, in that regard, I can't blame. There was never going to be a way to end this well. What he should have done, though, is ensured somehow. I don't know how they could have done it to get all the people there out that we owed. And we so clearly failed at that. We've got blood on our hands. We've had blood on our hands for a long time. And the stupidest headline I've ever seen, well, it's probably not true, the stupidest headline I've seen this morning, let's put it that way, New York Times, listen to this, Taliban takeover could halt U.S. influence in Kabul. (laughs) But you think? What? Who wrote that? I thought in order to get a job at the New York Times, you had to be, you know, I would think pretty smart. You think that today we don't have as much influence in Kabul as we had last week? (laughs) Unbelievable. 
Dear God in heaven. I have a caller. Go ahead, please. Hello. Um, Hello. Yeah. Hey, uh, I think you're going to – I wanted to point out something, and I don't want to sound like a real jerk. Uh, there was at least a group that you don't associate yourself with that was against this war, and that was the left uh, that spoke out and was against the war from the very beginning. And I don't want to sound like a uh, – because we, you and I argued about Daniel Ortega a few weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this is completely terrible, so I don't want to glow to sound like a, a jackass. But uh, when you were going down through the groups to take responsibility, and I'm sure Biden voted for it when he was uh, in Congress too, but uh, it's a particularly horrible situation. But um, I did just want to say, like, there were some people that were against this at the beginning, and uh, that's pretty much all because I think it's a very horrible situation. So watching mm-hmm. the same pictures and videos as you, and there's absolutely nothing good there whatsoever. <laughs> and I don't think no, that would have been it's horrific anyway. Uh, it's horrific. Well, I think that's I, I'm, I, I, I think what you're saying is is correct and uh, good. Let's end this before we start fighting like yeah, we always do. No, that's okay. Not, <laughs> no, that's, we don't always. Sometimes I call and I'm very friendly, but uh, uh, no, it's just a, <laughs> a big concern here that I'm sure this is. You know, everybody's. I think probably a lot of us are a little bit worried of what this means for uh, the presidency. I'm just hoping. I mean, I think he did the right thing in getting us out of there. I do too. And uh, it's you know it's interesting. Um, there's so little talk about how this. I don't think I don't know if he should get credit, but remember this was largely started by the previous administration, the getting out of there. So um, Trump, yeah, I'm not really sure what to think about that. So it's very interesting how little discussion that seems to be getting. And well, why. I there was a well, I read something uh, yesterday, and I, I I wish I'd retained more of it, but what happened is Trump. Trump got together with a bunch of guys somewhere. I don't know where they were in Cutter or something, and they cut oh, yeah, a Doha. deal. Yeah, yeah, Doha. Yeah. Okay, with the with the uh, Taliban. Yeah, but, the current um, government wasn't even included. <laughs> that okay? So right there, I have to tell you that that was not ha- that is no way to treat the government that we essentially. I mean, they no. I'll, uh, Trump. Trump, like Biden, knew full well that the American people overwhelmingly understand this was a disaster and wanted it stopped enough. I mean, it was never going to be turned around. Why keep throwing lives and money at it? I'm just saying one would have hoped it would have been a smoother withdrawal. Yeah. And we've done the right thing by the people who had stood with us in great danger to their own lives. There was so an article I, in the, the Post saying that basically that since that deal, the leaders of these provinces were basically like, well, as soon as we get the opportunity, we're going to hand everything over to the Taliban. That is right. That's right. So, and that's what I read. So they admit what what Trump's deal did was show um all the, you know, that again, because it's a tribal society, 
showed the leaders of all the tribes when the Taliban came calling. And they and the Taliban, by the way, didn't always come calling by shooting. They came in and talked and yeah. they s- talked to these guys. And and so deals were made. I mean, why all those capitals fell one, two, three, four, five. You know, they're falling 10 yeah. a day for the last few right. days is because the Taliban went in prior and uh, made agreements and everybody just surrendered immediately, which is so amazing because we supposedly spent all this money to build up (laughs) (laughs) an army. (laughs) All of that equipment, all of that is now in the hands of the enemy who barely had to fire a shot. Well, that, have you? And that's the one thing I wondered about. Like, I'm assuming they're not going to be able to maintain high-tech aircraft or whatever they had. But like, what happens to all that stuff? Do they have it all now? Because like, I'd heard that the it yeah, was all well, sure supported by outside yeah. contractors. Yeah, the, no, the, they have it. The other news piece that I heard this morning that was I didn't know what some of it was just laughable was uh, Bolton was interviewed on NPR. Did you catch that? Yeah. No, God and forbid. Like, you know, no. of course, no blame was on him. It was on everybody except for him. <laughs> Mr. Successful Diplomat there. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's great somehow no blame fell on the, you know, the Bush administration, the second Bush administration. Yeah, it's more on them than anybody. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. but, the fact oh, that he was no. part of that yeah, government. Yeah. Not even part it, of the interview. Yeah, it's really um, uh, we should hang our heads in in shame and and don't worry, we'll do something like this again. No, uh, no. You know, uh, we will. The, I, one thought I had was while I was on hold, like maybe maybe there'll be some kind of a miracle and the Taliban will really be maybe they'll be telling the truth that they're going to be different this time. <laughs> Uh, listen, listen don't get delusional on me. Yeah, uh, right, no. right, exactly. Don't get delusional on me. I don't know if you saw that while the uh, current uh, president of Afghanistan, of course, cut and ran um, mm-hmm. and, and got out safely, the the former president, Hamad Karzai, the, you know, the guy who always looks so dapper, good looking yeah. dapper guy, remember yeah, Karzai? Yes. Yeah. He's there. He is there and he is tweeting. He put out a tweet in which he addresses he addresses the nation. Unfortunately, he addresses the nation not in English because they are not an English speaking nation and I haven't seen a translation. But he has see standing outside, he has in front of them obviously his three granddaughters. And they're little they're little girls and they are so adorable and they're young and they're all in front of him and he's talking and I can't, I mean, I just wanted to cry because those little girls' lives have, their futures have been totally, uh, well, decimated essentially. Um, and, and Karzai, I'll give him this. He didn't run. No. And he's no. there speaking. And I don't know what he's saying, but I'd like to know. And he's showing his little daughter. So he, I'm sure he's saying something that I, I really want to know. 
Yeah. And uh, he's he turns out in the end to be more of a leader than obviously this last puppet of ours. Yeah. No, I mean, that is great. I mean, surprised that he didn't leave, too. That's a, a right. Right. Exactly. So. Um, all righty. Hey, thank you for right. the call. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank okay. you. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye bye. Uh, oh, dear Lord. OK, hang on. Now, again, as I said, I have not gotten. I haven't watched any television, so I'm sure you guys have gotten, you know, experts explaining what this, that, and the other, and I have not. So I'm just talking as off the top of my head here about my reactions, given what, you know, that I've followed the news for forever. We have another call. Go ahead, please. Hello. Hello, Lynn. This is Dave from Washington. Yes, it is. Hi. Oh, okay. I have a couple of points. Um, Number one, the optics look horrible. There's no arguing that. And, you know, these guys get on TV and scream and yell about how terrible this is. But when it really comes down to it, Americans don't care. They wanted us out of there. Um, this is not going to be on anybody's radar in a week. Also, what's happening now is evident of why we shouldn't have been there in the first place. We spent $2 trillion, 20 years, trying to train the Afghan army the military, and the government to stand up and defend themselves. They got 300,000 people in their army. The Taliban has 75,000, four times as many in the Afghan army. They have U.S. weapons. They have U.S. training. They have everything. They gave up without firing a shot. They just dissolved, left no fighting whatsoever. And it doesn't matter if it had happened today and if it had happened 10 years ago, 10 years from now, yes. 100 years from now. This is what was going to happen. But here's so, the thing. Why wouldn't our so-called intelligence have told our governments, Republican and Democrat, these guys are never going to buy into this. I mean they're 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 not they they they, they don't have the same sense of nationhood as we right. do, and this is not working, and this is like trying to, you know, put a, you know, Jeans round. Back in the bottle, right? it, it is just impossible. But instead, they kept telling themselves, I guess, right, or each other. To figure that they could yeah. do it. So it finally took someone like Biden to cut the cord and say, enough, I know it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt no matter what. So let's just do it now. And stop. And remember, the Taliban did not attack us. It was al-Qaeda that attacked us. The Taliban, they're ugly and mean, and nobody likes the Taliban. But the Taliban is a threat to the Afghanis, not to us. Now, what they did is, they, of course, they let bin Laden in there to fester and grow into what he became. And we have to keep an eye out for that. We're going to have over-the-horizon eyes on every little thing that's going on in Afghanistan. We still have pretty good surveillance and intelligence it's not always correct well, but it doesn't always miss it things. sure as hell isn't and here's no. the thing we never the taliban here's what we always don't get it's the same with the Viet Cong who ate our lunch these smaller and no don't have the arm armaments we have we got all the bells and whistles you know what they got time save no and passion they oh, have okay. a yeah, purpose. That they too. have a purpose. They, that is their country. Yes. It's and not ours. It's their damn country. And, and, and they, they can't last us. 
They can outweigh that. Because yeah. we're going to eventually and, grow tired of it, man, whether it's Vietnam or Afghanistan. We're going to eventually leave. They're there already. They're not leaving. They're not going anywhere. So whether it's 100 years from now, they're still going to do it. And you know what? I mean, again, as I think I said last week, they, these Afghanis must be the, well, I not the Vietnamese were too, but the Afghanis took out the British Empire. Oh, they took out the Roman Empire. The they Greeks. took out the Soviet Union. Yeah. All of the, and you, you know, I came upon this little thing that reminded me. Do you know who built up the Taliban? The Taliban began when the Russians, when the Soviet Union, Right. Idiotically went in and tried to, you know, whatever, do what what, you know, big guys do to the smaller guys. So the Soviet Union went in and the Taliban were the resistance fighters fighting the Soviets. Guess who funded the Taliban? We did. And then when when Russians left, Thank we you very much. Them. Right. And then we, we abandoned them. are the ones who built up the Taliban because right. they were dying fighting our enemy, the Soviet Union. Right. And then when they won. We abandoned them. We didn't do a damn thing for them. Right. And then they turn into okay. the then, then you get the Mujahideen, which were yeah. the. Well, yep. This is and why then, Americans okay, pay no on. attention to any of this. We're, yep. we're, 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 we're just idiots. We That's are embarrassing ourselves. That's why it's good that yes. we're getting out of there. And like I say, in a week, Americans are not going to care. Is this a big strike on uh, Joe Biden? Well, yeah, kind of, but he can cover it up easily enough. Um, past the well, the I have to tell you though, bill. Americans not, but but you know, hey, the Americans not caring does not speak well of us. This is we well, no, we go in and destroy nations and countries and yeah, people's yeah. lives and create this tumult and then well oops sorry well that's where and our go fault on with lies. our lives our our fault lies in that sort of thing not in our failure to to put them back together they don't want us to put them back together they want our money they want all that of course but look at how quick it was for them to revert right back to where they were before we ever got there they couldn't wait for us to get out they don't want us to build their nation. They're, not everybody is interested in Western-style liberal democracy. We, Boy, that's that's, our, that's sure. where we're fools. That's where we're fools. We think everybody wants what we have. And it's not yep. true. So well, we, okay, yeah. In, Afghanistan you know, in, be an extreme version of that. Iraq was also the same thing. Afghanistan is even that to an extreme. They have been the same way for 3,000 years. Nobody can go into Afghanistan and beat them. And it's foolish to That's even correct. try. Alexander yeah. the Great. That's I right. learned the lesson off of him. And you know what I'm thinking? Else? We ought to get the, yeah, here's what we got to do. We got to get the word out to any extraterrestrials that are like uh, <laughs> navigating the universe and tell them, hey, if you land in on Earth, yeah. you want to go to this place called Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah, because the Afghanis will actually destroy the ETs too, I'm sure. Yeah. Either they're going to kill the Afghanis, which is good, or the Afghanis are going to kill them, which is good. Well, no. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're out of here. Anyways, don't don't bum out about the thing that this is going to go bad against uh, Joe Biden. It is for a little while. In the end, people aren't going to care. Yeah. No, I know they don't care. Thank you. All right. right. Bye. 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 Oh, no, we don't care. We just want, you know, 
our Amazon deliveries to be even quicker. That's all. We don't care. Well, <laughs> I, 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 incredible, really incredible. Um, I, I just want to say this uh, about uh, Haiti. There's a nation, little tiny nation, very close to us geographically that we have dropped money into and haven't even been able to help them, really, ever. If we can't nation build in a little island like that, if we can't help them, you know, build an an infrastructure that might hold up to the horrors that nature has in store for them. I mean, who the hell do we think we are? And if there's a God, what in the name of God does he have against those poor people? Kick them. Kick them again. Are they down? Great. Kick them. Pestilence, plague, earthquake, anarchy. Unbelievable. I mean, my heart so goes out to them. And if you have a moment, you know, think about what, if there's anything we could reasonably do to help those poor people. (laughs) Here's something good that happened. Biden, the president of the United States, with a stroke of his pen, pulled uh, millions upon millions of Americans out of potential hunger. Uh, He, I'm sure you know, but this is huge. This is huge. Because the way the benefits for, uh, well, I'm just going to call the food stamp program, Before, I I don't even know when they were promulgated, but they were based on nutritional needs and how much money it would take to keep somebody with no money to have enough food to survive. And that thing had not been changed or altered for God knows how long. The nutrition standards themselves were different. And so this administration, because it cares about the people of the country, instituted new rules. And that means the people who are now on food stamps will see a 25% increase in in the money they get and their ability to feed their families. 
the way it has always worked in recent years is that the money they get doesn't even get them through two weeks and they're meant to last for a month. Forty two million Americans rely on this program. And this will help stem the alarming rate of hunger and poverty in this country. And the Biden administration has done so much already for the least of us. I hate that term. For those who have the least, they're hardly the least of us some of the finest of us, but they don't have money. So, to COVID, I was on four airplanes this weekend. I was in two airports twice. I was uncomfortable throughout. I hope to hell that um, this will prove not to have been a, a major mistake. It was wonderful seeing my mom and uh, my siblings and some of my nieces and nephews and being able to uh, celebrate my mother's uh, 99th birthday. Um, I'll stick some pictures on our Facebook. Once I get them, uh, we did take some pictures. And um, I did tweet a picture of my mother on, on Saturday, uh, swimming her, her usual length intrepidly back and forth, back and forth and back and forth. Just amazing. I mean, it's her physicality in that regard is, is greater than, than most um, people's still strong. So it, it was, it was wonderful and lovely, but I have to tell you, uh, O'Hare airport was jammed. There was, they had these signs all over and the little things on the floor, six feet, you know, maintained. So there's no maintaining social distance. There's a mob of people. You can hardly thread your way through those huge, huge, huge wide corridors with people going this way and that. Everybody, of course, is wearing a mask. Some people, not really wearing a mask. I more than once got up and switched where I was sitting in the waiting area because I'm sitting across from somebody whose mask is totally under their nose and in some cases even showing their mouths. There was an entire family at the airport in Green Bay, a father, a mother, and two children, and all of them had their masks down under their mouths. 
And I thought, that is an entire family of jerks. I mean, I'm not going to blame the kids because clearly the parents were responsible. So you could tell the other kind of people saying, well, they say I have to have a mask on. Okay, I got a mask on. And then as soon as they could, they they clearly, you know, drop them. And then you see people sitting at a restaurant in O'Hare, crowded as hell. And their masks are, of course, off because they're eating. And I'm thinking, why aren't people more, <laughs> more uh, you know, concerned? I don't think I'm crazy. But I was blown away. Um, and I want to say this, the flight attendants, all the people working in those airports, all those people we used to call heroes, right? We laud them, the people on the front lines during this terrifying time. I don't hear anybody lauding them anymore. And the pilot on one of the flights actually got on before we took off and made a point of saying, I want you all to treat the flight attendants back there. I want you to treat them with the respect that they deserve. Because I ain't flying unless you give them that respect. I can't fly. Oh. Dear God. I don't know. It was scary. And I'm not going to fly again for some time, assuming I'm okay now. And I I won't make that assumption. I'll, I'll relax in about a week or two. Make sure that we didn't cause... Uh, you know, sickness. And speaking of that, uh, you know, again, we have short attention spans in this country. So uh, remember that condo building in Florida that went down? You remember that? Sure you do. The horror of that, that kept us transfixed for so, so long that needless death. Well, somebody tweeted, and I think this is so on the money, and it shows how we don't really pay attention or put things in context or, or connect dots. And I got to tell you, that's something media should be doing. Some do for it, but usually that would be print media and certainly not television media, but here goes. Here's the tweet. There are 140 people dying of COVID every 24 hours in Florida, dying of COVID every 24 hours. Now, I don't know where this is from. This could, those numbers could be higher now. I don't know. And the person says, remember when that big condo collapsed? What a horrific tragedy that was. Well, under Governor Ron DeSantis here in Florida, that condo and more is falling every single 
day. Think of that. Yeah. Father Joseph writes, this was inevitable. Yes, it was. Tribal and religious relationships run far deeper than our imported political ideology. Why can't we get that through our heads? You know, what? one of our mottos is in God we trust. That's not right. We don't. In military might, we trust. We think the military is the greatest thing we got going. It's the military we look to. We don't look to God. It's the military. And we don't even care that they haven't been able to fix all these situations we put them in because they're impossible. Because it's not a military solution that's really required. Or it's none of our damn business. I'm sorry. I'm back to Father John Joseph's, excuse me, Father Joseph's uh, email. Now, the larger question, he says, is exactly what our argument is for other unstable countries. Right. Why should they take advice from us? Good question. We make promises we can't keep and build up false hope in those looking to us for freedom. We can't protect our own government from an insurrection. With Father Joseph. And we fight with each other like cats and dogs. Who should trust us? Perhaps our priorities need reassessment. There's an understatement. Perhaps we can earn credibility with those outside our borders by first practicing what we preach within our own borders. Yeah? Ain't that the truth? Boy, that's a beaut. That's the email of the week, the month. I don't know. Well done. Well done. And then a little history. Maybe you've already, you know, I never know. You guys are all smart cookies who read a lot. So I often think I'm, you know, like excitedly telling you something that I'm, I'm what I'm assuming you don't know. And you're probably on the other end, your eyes rolling. Oh, man, I read that like five years ago. But here, I want to, you know, uh, my, my, the guy in history who I most adore and would love to have known, and you know, that old, that question, if you were giving a dinner party and you could invite three people, living or dead, well, um, you know, mine has always been Benjamin Franklin. And, um, and I've, I've told you, I don't do it as much anymore, although I did it the other day. I used to do it all the time. I'd pretend he was sitting in the passenger seat of my car <laughs> wherever I was driving. And and I I was wanting because it allowed me to see everything through his eyes. 
and how astonished he was at what had happened since he had left this earth in this country he had helped found. And I mean, he's just, you know, so I did it. I mean, I, I think there's no doubt I did it because I am so easily bored by routine and having to drive the exact same thing route to work every day would just make me crazy. Like, I so wish there were another way out of my driveway. I mean, I really hate retracing. It's odd. It's just a thing I have. And it, it makes me nuts. And so if I put Ben Franklin in the car with me, he can go berserk at something as simple as, a, you know, I don't know, a, a, you know, an Amazon truck uh, coming by because that'll allow me to tell him in my head, I'm not talking, um, you know, about, about all of that, how things get around. Stoplights, stop signs, e-scooters, women in shorts. <laughs> anyway, Ben Franklin, one of the worst things that ever happened in his life, if you asked him, was when his five, I think it's four-year-old, I'm sorry, four-year-old son, Francis, died. And um, at the time, there was a smallpox epidemic. And Franklin was a very pro-vaccination guy. Had been well before this child had been born. And Franklin was inoculated against smallpox. And he had as he said later, intended to have his son inoculated, but his son had been sickly and he was a bit fearful that his frail little body couldn't handle the vaccination, so he held off. And his son got smallpox and his son died. And the rumors started up immediately. And the rumors were that Franklin had vaccinated his son. And it's the vaccine that had killed him. And so five weeks after his son's death, Franklin, who's in still grieving, um, and the date here is December 30th, 1736, actually on the front page of his newspaper felt he had to put those rumors to rest. He at the time was the publisher of the Pennsylvania Gazette. And he said, in as much as some people are, by this rumor, deterred from having 
that operation performed on their children, I do hereby sincerely declare that he was not inoculated, but got smallpox in the common way of infection. In reading the story further, I came upon this that is so astonishing to me. Oh, the phone. I hate phones. I hate landlines. Excuse me while I try to turn it off. It won't work, of course. All right, go away. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, so, pardon me. I'm wandering around my home. This is fascinating. At least it is to me. How did the idea of immunization, of actually taking the very thing that was killing everybody and putting it in your body. I mean, that's a really radical kind of idea. And you can see why people would say, what? what? But get this, you know, the Puritan minister, Cotton Mather, do, is that name ringing any bells? Now we're back in like 1600 something, okay? Cotton Mather, one of the, you know, original Puritans. He had a slave. Shocker there. Hmm? A slave. And the slave's name was Onesimus. Uh, Anosimus. I, 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 I wish I could say the name. I don't know how he pronounced it. And Cotton Mather, thank God, was smart enough to listen to this slave who told him about something that had been being used in West Africa for a long, long time. Hey, you know, hey, we savages in West Africa have figured out that if you take exactly that part of the very disease and intentionally apply it in a cut and mix it with the blood of a healthy person, you do get a little sick. But you almost always survive, and then you don't ever get that disease again. And Cotton Mather actually listened to this astonishing tale and told a doctor friend who listened to and said, well, let's start testing that. And so they started these crude vaccination, smallpox in vac vaccinations. And damn, if that didn't seem to work. Benjamin Franklin was fully aware of this. There's a book called, called The Fever of 1721, the epidemic that revolutionized medicine. And and it had to do with all of this. But did you ever hear that the idea of vaccination came out of West Africa? 
I never heard that. A slave whispering in Cotton Mather's ear. Hey, you superior being who owns me, let me tell you something. Jeez. So, you know, a little more history, George Washington, Revolutionary War. He mandated General Washington mandated that every person in his army had to be inoculated, every revolutionary soldier. You tell these anti-vaxxers, you know, they think they're they're patriots or they, they understand like what American freedom is about. And tell them that the father of their country, George Washington, the first president of the United States, said that that freedom had nothing to do with ensuring the public health and safety of the citizenry, of his army. Oh, the things we don't know. And speaking of COVID, one more thing. And I, forgive me. I love these stories. I love, I'm sorry. It's mean of me. It's, I'm a very imperfect person. I just want you to know that when somebody with power either because they have a microphone in front of their face or let's say they're a, an authority figure of, uh, with, with power over people's minds, uh, when in as much as they have been keeping people from getting vaccinated and spreading lies about the efficacy of the vaccine, If and when they succumb to it because they themselves refused vaccination, I don't feel one bit sorry for them. Not one bit. I have more ability to feel sympathy for the people they misled. but the ones in power who promulgate this deadly heresy, I have no sympathy whatsoever. So that brings us to a man who I already cannot stomach. He is about as vile a representation of supposedly a man of God as you can get. He comes from my home state of Wisconsin, but he ended up in the news most because he became the cardinal in St. Louis. You might recall the name Cardinal Raymond Burke. 
and he it's not fair to call him a conservative. I don't know what he's a, a nut. Anyway, he is now hospitalized back in Wisconsin on a ventilator because, yes, he got COVID. He's the one who refused to give communion to John Kerry when he was running for uh, president. He's the one who, like, went berserk when Notre Dame gave Barack Obama an honorary degree because he said that anyone who voted for Obama, Catholics who voted for Obama, had collaborated with evil. This is the lovely Cardinal Burke, man of God. He repeated all these falsehoods about the vaccines. He even he even peddled the microchip thing. Unbelievable. He said this. It could be a microchip placed under the skin of every person so that at any moment he or she can be controlled by the state. Uh So the former Pope, Benedict, elevated this nincompoop uh, to be a cardinal because he was a right winger. And thank God when the current Pope, Francis, came in, man, he, he didn't take his, his little red hat away from him, but he sure did kick him down the stairs. Uh, so anyway, there he is. He also, Burke, is famous for feeling that the church was being feminized. He says this, the activities in the parish and even the liturgy have been influenced by women and become so feminine <laughs> that men are reluctant to become active. Yeah, it's women's fault. Here's another butte from him. Gay people are as bad as a person who murders someone. Oh, excuse me. He said divorcees are as bad as the person who murders someone as well. He's a he's a great guy, and he's now on a ventilator. And I, he wants us to pray the rosary for him. And hey, Cardinal Burke, no thank you. I, if I'm praying, I'm going to pray for a lot. There's like a few hundred million billion people ahead of you on my little list. Do we have callers? I'm sorry. I'm getting texts and I'm not paying attention. Hello? Anybody there? Hello. Hi. Hi there. Hey, I don't want to bring back up uh, Afghanistan, but I don't know if you don't watch those shows, and I usually don't. I turned on last Thursday, and they were bitching about this Afghanistan, and, and I found it funny. There was a woman on her name's Caddy Kay. She's art. She's British, and she's bitching at the United States that they, they're not honorable and all that. Well, guess what, Caddy Kay? I, to me, what my memory is, 
that Britain skipped out on it. So if Britain cares so much about being over there, why don't they let the United States go home and then they could sit over there for a while and get shot up and killed? So it's so it's, it's bullshit that you're going to bitch about something that we should have been out of there 20 years ago because we should have never went there. But it, it just amazes me how these now they're on it. And Nicole Walsh is even bitching about it. She usually is on Biden and Biden bungled it. No, if anybody bungled it, it was the U.S. military bungled it. Biden did the right thing. He figured we're not spending no more money, no more lives. You want to get out of it, we get out of it. I don't – I'll tell you, the most – I bet you 90 percent of American people don't give a rat's ass about Afghanistan. They really don't, other than the lives being lost. I mean it's just a waste, and we you talked about that last week. What a waste of time and money and lives. Oh, terrible. But that's how these people are. I, I got to quit watching them. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. do. It's just stop. Yeah, and, that's and, and right. Go but help the British kill me. Go deal with your 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 cat who wants your attention. Yeah, I know. He wants to go outside, but he's not outside. Yeah. Oh, not okay. No. But um, cute. the British kill me. Now they're going to bitch about it. But, well, if you feel that way, then why aren't you over there now? You skipped out. I don't know how long years ago. So no, you know. I think they they're skipping it. No, I don't think. I think they're. Yeah, I don't, they don't I, Who can even? There. I don't. They whatever. They're yeah, our they, allies. We pulled, listen, we pulled them into a friends. lot of. You know that. Oh, right. I know. Yeah, well, they, so they really are. are. I mean, yeah, that's another. Mm-hmm. Every nation seems to be okay. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Is there anybody else there, or am I supposed to call it a day? I know my time is up. Hello? Hey there. Hi. It's Hi. Roger. Hi. Hey, I hope you had a okay, good time. Okay, Roger. Well, we're out of yeah, we're out of time. I had a great time. Um, I, well, I wish I had more time, only because um, from a very personal perspective, uh, we, I have a niece and a nephew who spent multiple tours over there, yeah, and, the, yeah. and the nephew, um, his, fir- his first tour there was he was fighting, and, and then he moved on to helping out communities, and, and, and that took care of children, and, and he called them my kids. His last time there, oh. he was busy training Afghan oh. troops. And and when he came home, he felt really good about this. He he Aww. felt positive. So yeah. they both they both say, "What a waste of life and, and effort." And he says, "And you can't say that because it's unpatriotic to tell somebody. Well, you know, your child lost their life over there. For yeah, for not. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. but that he but yeah. they said that's the truth. And he says, "All oh, the troops know it. They all know it." They all know it. And thank you, George Bush and Dick Cheney. I'm sorry. It's all on them. I mean, you know, I guess it's not all. No, on it's them. not all on them because but, Democrats voted for it. Every no, it's Obama put more troops in. We we never had the resolve to to acknowledge the mistake. Biden is the first one who did. Well, Trump is the first one who did it, and and but didn't do anything that was helpful. He just said it, and and then. Biden did it. Yeah. And he knew uh, it would end badly. Yeah. And and Father Joseph has said it right when it comes about mm-hmm. tribalism. Um yeah. and it goes, guess what? We're saving it here. I mean it, it, it everything's going oh, back yeah. to the Civil yeah. War. Yeah. And and they yeah. just never forget. Well, there's a group of people here who never forget that thing. So Exactly. Yeah. People are people the world over. I think Dr. Seuss has a book about that. We should all read it again. <laughs> Not much yeah. different. No. Okay. Roger, thank you. All right. Well, I enjoy Appreciate the rest it. of your day, I hope. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, I will. Thank you. Bye. Right, bye. 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 All right, guys. That that is it for us. Uh, Susan will join us tomorrow, and uh, I I don't know what to say. Just uh, be well and uh, pay attention. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.